0: What is it about sinking your toes in the sand that's just so otherworldly? The waves, a crashing symphony, the breeze, a warm hello. The taste of salt and sunscreen. For those of us living here in the Midwest, an exotic flavor that hits the tongue like an escape. And that's not even getting to the good stuff, the actual food. A coastal destination means a culinary vacation, and if you're heading due south of St. Louis, that means some goodness of the Gulf. Shrimp and oysters and grouper and snapper, po'boys and gumbo, baked and fried and sauteed and saucy, from a shack in a parking lot or along the waterfront by candlelight. That tastes like a break, all right. For Harry Parker, though, it tastes like something else, home.
1: I was born and raised uh, in the South, and, um, and I was born and raised coming up in high school in the uh, the mid-50s, Mobile, Alabama. Probably one of the toughest places to be born and raised in and, and, uh, and there. Even though we were in New Orleans for a while, mama's from there. But we, we grew up most part of our life in Alabama before moving on to North Carolina.
0: He brings the flavors of the cooking he grew up with to his restaurant, Gulf Shores. The location on Olive and Creve Coeur has been serving up Gator Bites and Cajun-steamed mussels and homemade gumbos for more than 17 years. He opened another spot in Edwardsville 10 years later, recently started up a food truck, and is gearing up to open a new concept in St. Peter's soon. His popular restaurants, with their Mardi Gras and LSU and beachy Bayou accoutrements on the walls and cozy booths and bars, might feel like an escape for the rest of us. But to Harry, it's all business.
1: I never I never thought I would work this hard. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd work this hard, I, I gotta tell you that.
0: And us diners aren't the only ones to benefit. Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, your introduction to a man who should probably write a book or run for office or at the very least be making millions as a big time corporate CEO. But instead, he's putting his energy into his restaurants.
1: The corporate dollars were the easiest dollars that I ever made in my life. Okay, Uh, but to do something like this in the restaurant industry, there has to be a higher calling.
0: If any part of your life involves managing people, grab your pen and paper for this one. Hear how he's combating the great staffing shortage of 2021 where he's focused next, and why he calls Gulf Shores his pulpit.
1: As a matter of fact, I've come to the conclusion that to do anything to be successful, to be as successful as you want to be, there has to be a higher calling.
0: Plus, food news and your weekend planner. It's hard to have a conversation with anyone these days, especially a small business owner, without asking, how are you doing, you know, with this whole pandemic thing? both fully vaccinated, I sat down across a long table from Harry at his creve core Gulf Shores to catch up. I didn't know I'd be getting a business lesson.
1: The key thing in the restaurant industry to understand is that a good recipe does not necessarily mean a, a successful restaurant. OK, there's many, many factors of it, and I've learned that I've learned it the hard way. You know, in, in the middle of it, uh, it's kind of strange uh, to be to be in the throes of a pandemic as we are and to be expanding. Uh, but uh, the way I've lived my life is that I, I look for a uh, Uh, an opportunity in every situation. And this was an opportunity for us uh, to be able to do some things. And so we really wanted to do it for many reasons, not just to, not just get in the restaurant, but we also had some other concepts that we needed to want to do.
0: That means investing in that food truck so they could bring lunch out to the workplaces that were still in action, but where a cafeteria or vending services were on pause because of the pandemic. He says that actually boosted their lunch income. They also drew up plans for St. Peter's where they wanted something different, a brunch cafe and a seafood market. He says as nice as that concept might sound, it's also very strategic. It's a way to have a different type of revenue stream in for his employees.
1: So during this time of quote unquote inactivity, (laughs) Gulf Shores has been very active It's because I didn't sit there and go, oh, what was me? What am I going to do now?
0: How were you able to, though, make this kind of move? Because there's plenty of people who'd say I'd love to chase an opportunity, too. But after this past year, I'm still trying to get off. the. Well,
1: you know, I I think a lot of it is that, you know, I I would say first off is that fortunate uh, at also. So I'd say it's faith. I mean, we, we, uh, my faith around uh, on what can happen, particularly during the bad times, is always there. Um, the restaurant and the, and the kids, I mean, the employees at the restaurants have just done an outstanding job. Uh, I think every restaurant needs to understand. I think on some level we do, but no restaurant can be any greater uh, than the kids. And, uh, and I talk about it all the time. The want to factor, you know, I spent 28, 30 years in corporate America and there's no other business that I call the want to factor can impact the life of a business. I mean, um, you spend those years in corporate, you know, and you can say, hey, you're getting paid, you know, so do this job. Uh, but in the restaurant business, I've found now after 19 years quite a bit different. If kids come in, they're motivated, they want to help you win and so forth, uh, they will win. Uh, the kids today, uh, and I call them kids because I'm, I'm so older. Uh, but the employees today in the restaurant—they're kind um, of like your kids, yeah, I'm sure, they, in some ways. I mean, they, ways. they really are. You know, they're in the <laughs> they the mid twenties and and, and and some high twenties, low thirties. Uh, and you know, if they want to belong, the strength of, of the the kids in that generation, you know, or how they feel about what they're doing, the feeling factor. I mean, when I came came up. the the feeling factor didn't didn't matter that much you had a job you needed the money you work I don't have to make you feel any kind of way but now in the restaurant business and this is why it's so to me so important for the restaurant owner to be felt the restaurant owner almost needs to be there present not just coming in and sitting and looking but he needs to to be involved I call it felt leadership you have to have that and when and the kids uh they respond by saying, Hey, you know, this owner is not your typical owner. And I don't know what typical owner is, but he really wants to win. He is actually helping. And he cares about my want to factor. He cares about what I'm doing. He cares about whether I want to be here or not and so forth. And he talks to us in that way. I think that kind of that kind of relationship has has taken Gulf Shores from a just a concept, a, a dream of mine, uh, 19 years ago, to to a to a, a force to be reckoned with in the restaurant business. I mean, people want to work for us. Uh, not all situations are good, but we work very very hard to make sure that people know that we want them here.
0: So often in years past, it's your job, you go, you do it, and you come, you get, you get paid, you go home. But these days, yes, your job can be so much of your identity, and it can be so um, important to feel those things, but especially in the restaurant industry, in a moment where the storyline has become, we were, we, we, we opened so quickly, we don't have any employees that how has this factor that you have chased and pursued for years before this helped you, um, maybe overcome any of these struggles with employees or, you know, I guess, have you still felt some of that to a certain extent?
1: Well, we've still felt some of that. We've still felt some of that. We have struggled with this situation. And, and this thing with the employees in the restaurant it's very, very real. Uh, I, and I can't tell you the number of times that I've had interviews uh, set with people and they don't show. Uh, it's a different kind of time. And so it's even more important that whatever the relationship was before with, your, with the people who you're employed with was good.
0: Harry knows a lot about the corporate world, engineering, managing, business, managing a business, because he came up as a business guy. He mentioned something earlier about being the kind of person who seizes opportunities. So I asked, what kind of opportunities came his way to make Gulf Shores a reality? He says it started with his southern roots, his corporate job, and traveling the world.
1: This is by far the greatest country, and, and the reason it's the greatest country because this country, you have the wherewithal even with all the issues and so forth, and the issues are real, but you you can om- you can this is probably the only country that you can be what you really want to be if you put your mind to it. Does it mean there's going to be roadblocks and everything? I was born and raised uh, in the South, and um, and I was born and raised coming up in high school in the uh, the mid 50s, and uh, I've never seen the kind of racism and injustice that I've seen before. Okay, but uh, again, I just said, listen, I can. I I can do this, I really wanna do this. My mother and father did not finish high school, okay? But boy, they could cook. But I've come to see later on that the most important thing that I needed in life, uh, I learned from a guy who didn't finish high school, which was my dad. And my dad pretty much, he understood people. And so how it impacted me was, you know, I I went to school uh, to NC State, North Carolina State University, got my engineering degree uh, when we graduated. Uh, There was only in our class of 700 engineers. There was four blacks Okay, but you know it it, I said hey, I can do this I can do this and it went on from there and I went to Wharton and there was only two in my class out of Wharton Uh, But yeah, and so in corporate America uh, I was I was successful enough to come in from an engine Hiring engineer to a vice president general manager. People say, how you do that? Well, it came from one thing. It's like seeing the opportunity uh having the challenges but you know but not allowing those challenges to define how far you can go and who you are i can never ever 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 uh be a racist i can never ever ever not feel like people so if you spent time um if you made a mistake and you had the word felon behind your name and you don't have an opportunity to do it you have an opportunity at gulf shores Okay, if you for some reason, you know, if you had a good life but you, you know, were experimenting with drugs and you got addicted and you lost everything, but now you, you're going to always have that issue of being the chance of returning, but you have a job at Gulf Shores. So, so this is a, really a part of my pulpit. And so, what I've done is I've taken people who, in a lot of cases, uh, people thought they couldn't contribute anything, and I've said, you can, get, you can contribute everything here. You can, okay? I mean, this is, I mean, I have a retirement. I have a corporate retirement. Uh, so this is something, this is part of what I really want to do, okay? This is, Gulf Shores is my pulpit to say to people who really want to have an opportunity to contribute, you can. And you contribute to people because I like to say to the people sometimes, they go, oh, my God, I just had the greatest meal ever. The gumbo was out of sight. And I go, thank you very much. Did you know that was prepared by a felon? You know, or did you know that was prepared by a woman who just got her kids back because, you know, she was on drugs and now she's been clean for a year and she can now have enough income to take care of her kids? That's what the restaurant industry can do. See, that's bigger. That's bigger than anything. That's bigger than, to me, that's bigger than anything you could ever do for anyone. That's the great part of Gulf Shores, but... That's a great part of America. That's what makes this country great.
0: Efforts to expand horizons, change perspectives, serve customers something even beyond delicious food made by someone a little different. When asked about why he wanted to bring his celebrated Cajun and Southern culture to Saint Louis, his answer wasn't just about the food or about his employees. It's about bringing diners together.
1: And and believe me, Saint Louis is a great city within itself, but I think there's a lot that uh, people in Saint Louis can learn. And while it is one of the most diverse cities, it's also one of the most segregated cities, too. In many cases, some of the people that come dine with us have never, ever eaten with anyone but people of their own race. The spacing in Gulf Shores, we are are bistro spading. The tables are 22 inches apart. I mean, you can see the food, you know, but you can see it. I mean, you can see what's on the other person's plate and so forth. But the design was not only that we wanted a bistro, rec- we wanted people to experience not the food, but each other, okay? Because when you're sitting to, people are always watching. When you're sitting next to someone, you see the way they eat. You can overhear the conversations that they have, okay? Now you're saying, hey, wait a minute. I've never eaten in a restaurant. I mean, and we attract, the people we attract here are we Indian, um, <laughs> I mean, Jewish, black, white, uh hispanic they all come here because they love because there's something in our seasoning the way we cook our food for them but what they also don't understand that they're getting is that they're getting a lesson in humanity they're getting a lesson in someone else's culture and so forth so you walk out going either one or two things they'll take away something positive from the person that's sitting next to them and so forth and the thing that makes me feel so good is when i sit down. A table next to another table and this is why I work the floor and I hear them start a conversation. Go, how is that? Oh that's good. Oh yeah, you want to try this? Oh no, no, no. You could oh this you have to you have to do this. What I've just done is I broke I have probably helped initiate a conversation that may not ordinarily have happened.
0: You could be sitting on actual Gulf Shores beach right now. You know, you could be hanging out with your toes in the sands and not worried, not having to navigate through this crazy time we're in right now not having to deal with this sitting and waiting for people to show up for interviews but you keep doing it
1: most days when I lay down I'm I'm exhausted but I feel good I feel good I feel good about what I'm here I feel good and I'm working towards something that uh, that the, that the good Lord would have me do and I can see people that I've touched I mean when you can see people doing things that you have been a part of creating there's no better feeling in the whole world that's that's good stuff
0: Dory. Hi, Dory. Hi. We're in the podcast both. Uh, Dory, we're talking so much about places expanding in St. Charles, Mm -hmm. St. Peter, St. Charles County in general. And I was asking him a little bit more about that. And he was just saying, you know, there's a lot of very good things that are happening. And then the growth and then people are wanting to support local Mm -hmm. out there. Um, You know, the more people going and living in St. Charles County aren't necessarily just wanting those chain places that tend to pop up a lot in the suburbs. And so they're really being supportive of these smaller businesses. So it's good to see people going out and um, expanding their businesses out west a little bit. I love that because, like you said, when you
2: think of suburbs, you think of your big chain type of places. I won't name names, but... We have reported week after week about new places expanding out in St. Charles, St. Peter's. So it's great. Obviously, the, the demand is there, and it's great that people are going and eating
0: out, supporting local and diversifying their income streams and things like that. Well, unfortunately, though, topping off our food news for this week is a closing in St. A couple of closings actually in St. Charles. Dory, what do you got for us? Yeah,
2: this was a tough one. It's one of, been one of our top stories on the website. Ruma's Deli and Big Richards Hot Dot announced that they are closing up for good as of next Saturday, October 16th. It'll be their last day in business. They've been there for, I think, a year or two. Um, It started out as rumors. They expanded to the hot dog joint in the middle of the pandemic. Um, But they just said that there are circumstances beyond their control that are forcing them to close.
0: Circumstances beyond their control? Maybe that means that there's something that's going to bring them back in a different location in St. Charles Potentially. I don't know. Keep your eyes out for that. But in the meantime, go support them until Saturday, October 16th. This is something that made me excited. As we know, I'm a Central West End resident, and there have been so many just vacant, great restaurant spots yes. popping up. I mean, it's the four lease signs are popping up more often than the coming soon signs, so I'm glad that this one is a place that is going to be filled soon. Yes, the prominent corner at Euclid in West
2: Pine, where 1764 Public House used to be, will soon be occupied. First watch, the daytime cafe restaurant concept is coming to that corner in the central west end they haven't said when they're going to be opening but um it's welcome news no matter when it happens because that space has been open nobody there since january of last year so even before the pandemic started
0: that has been open and empty so a big space being filled and there's no einstein brothers across the corner anymore or anything like that so it's it's You don't have anything to eat breakfast, anywhere to eat breakfast, so it's a good place for that. And they've also first watch closed their Clayton location Mm. not long ago as well. So it's um, they're you know establishing another place somewhere in that relative area. Establishing another place, Dory, I saw this story on our on air the other day on mm-hmm. KSDK, and I was thrown because I was like, "Wait, really? Again? Are we re-racking the same stories? It just keep happening." I know it's getting to the point where another Shake Shack opening might not
2: be news on the podcast <laughs> anymore. Um, so they're looking to expand again in St. Louis County. This one could have a drive through. So development plans show that the location would be on Manchester. Just west of 270 in De Pair, so a big hot spot right there. Oh, yeah. This would be the fourth Shake Shack in the area behind the Central West End, Ledoux, And then also we uh, reported a couple weeks ago about the plans underway in Chesterfield.
0: If they can support all these and if they can staff them all mm-hmm. up, then you know what? Sometimes you just got to get your Shake Shack Burger, your Shack oh. Burger, and you don't want it to drive around for it. So, man, uh, Danny Meyer is really making good on his return home with Shake Shack, for right. sure. Um, I'm intrigued by this one, Dory. Uh, four, our friends at Four Hands always coming up with something new. Yeah, so they're expanding again, this
2: time with an Aged Spirits line. So this is a product that is obviously years in the making. Um, it's called Withered Oak. They're going to be bottling three types of whiskeys a five year bourbon straight or straight bourbon, a five year rye, and a four year blended rye. So they're expecting to release that this Friday at the brewery. They're going to be holding a tasting event there. If you're at all interested, head. Head there, go to the tasting event because they are expecting to sell out with
0: limited quantities. You know, they even reached out to us, Dorian, and were like, "Hey, make sure you—if you guys are in, like, make sure you yep. let us know soon." And I'm just afraid that I'd be that weenie who's like, "I can't just sip it." Like at I a tasting event, I'm like, "I love—I whi- love a whiskey, bourbon, rye cocktail, whatever." Like, I—I I enjoy it as a spirit in a drink, but mm-hmm. I'm not quite cool enough to just sip it. I'm not cool enough to
2: even have it in a cocktail. I just can't. Uh, I've tried. Yeah. But uh, I
0: just can't. Yes. But you know what? I'm sure this is a big thing for a lot. Our friend Colin would probably love this. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll be there. Um, (laughs) I know that the only place to be, though, is St. Louis in general. Because once again, we are getting another piece of recognition and I love to hear it. How many times do we have to yell that we are a foodie city?
2: <laughs> we are a foodie we city. We are
0: a foodie city. That's I love right. this. right.
2: So St. Louis just ranked number 16 on Wallet Hub's list of best foodie cities in America. It was out of about 180 cities. So top 10%? Top wow. Bad. Yeah. Um, so they took into account several factors. St. Louis tied for first for most gourmet specialty food stores, cool. affordability of highly rated restaurants, yes, and restaurants per capita. Three categories we placed first. Wow. So that's yeah. really good. And if you're wondering who came in first... Portland, Oregon. My
0: beloved city of Portland, Oregon, where I've been once and claimed as my other home. (laughs) Uh, You know, the affordability thing. I think that that's one of my favorite things about being able to go out to eat in St. Louis or when people come visit. Mm -hmm. Friends from Chicago will come into town and you want to take them to some of the nicest places around St. Louis. It's better than what they get in Chicago and it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. So they can order another drink or order appetizers and things like that. So I love it. Mm, Just talking about this is making me hungry. So Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? Well, I'm looking at us. We're both weighing our cardinal skier yes, today we are We're
2: recording on wednesday before the wild card game so don't
0: ruin it for us <laughs> if it doesn't turn out tonight the way we want it to <laughs>
2: um so thinking back on the best thing i had to eat i went I had to eat this week i went to my first cardinals game of the year yeah just last week um took my mom we had great seats and i just had to chow down on a hot dog the second mm-hmm. i stepped inside bush stadium i'm like let me yes. find the hot dogs bring them to me I'm the type where I can never finish a whole hot dog. What? I know, it's weird. It's just, it gets too rich for me. I don't know, but I will have like one bite left all the time.
0: That's the weirdest Dory I fact.
2: Know. It's a very weird thing.
0: Interesting. Whereas, meanwhile, I always feel like I need a hot dog and a half. Like I need a little bit more at the end. We would be good. We would be great. Partners, hot dog yes. eating partners. <laughs> kind of strange, but
2: <laughs> it mean, works, people. It works. Uh, but this hot dog, I I ate it in record time, and you know I'm a slow eater. <laughs> I ate that whole thing. It was so good. It was great being back in Busch Stadium, just enjoying the atmosphere. It was the game we lost, where we broke mm, the wind streak. So that you wasn't are great. My bad luck charm. I know I am. I, I claim it. I know it. But it was just nice being back and yes. being back in that atmosphere.
0: I w- always say this. I want to experiment having like a taste test if the ballpark Franks are as good outside of the ballpark as they are there. Mm. I don't know. But I, I, I do think they are. They are better. They do taste better. Yes. I love them. Um, Mine actually was also Cardinals related. Um, So I went to the game on Sunday, the last home game um, that was like the start, stop, start, stop because of all the rain. Ah. And then by the end of the game, it was just raining. And I was torn about wanting to just go home and, you know, or go somewhere out of downtown. But the traffic was so bad, it was Mm. a great opportunity to say, you know, we'll find something around here. I'd yet to go to the Clark and Bourbon restaurant, which is part of that – Live by Lowe's Hotel, like it's the kind of nicer looking. Yes, yes. It kind of reminds me a ballpark village. Yes, it reminds me a little bit of Gamblin Whiskey House with. Mm -hmm. I think it's just because it's a big uh, bourbon barrel in the logo, (laughs) but it's you know it's a little bit more upscale, I guess you could say, for ballpark village food. For example, I got lobster dumplings and Korean uh, Korean barbecue smoked wings. Oh. The smoked wings were so good. No, 17 bucks for a dozen wings. So it's not like super cheap, but it's, they were like gourmet wings. Mm -hmm. They had the, the, they were so well seasoned and there was, they were hearty too. Like there was a lot of chicken on those bad boys and it was, delicious. So if you're just, you know, whatever happens tonight, if you just want to, or you're downtown and you're looking for a new restaurant, don't sleep on what some of those other Ballpark Village restaurants are that have opened recently. I love
2: that. I haven't heard opportunities. I like haven't heard anything about them, but yeah, that's good to know. It's easy
0: to just think it's like part of the hotel or like a hotel bar or something like that, but it was a legit restaurant and sitting on that covered patio while it was raining with right across from Bush Stadium was a pretty good way. If that's how the season In St. Louis, had to end, it was a pretty, like, picturesque view for us. So, okay, well, we have the weekend of October 8th, 9th, and 10th to let you all know about some other fun things happening. Of course, hopefully, we'll be playing on Friday night. Hopefully. Hopefully. um, But otherwise, you know, there's plenty of other food things happening around town. Yeah. Head on over to Belleville for
2: their annual chili cook-off. It is their 37th event that they've been holding over there. They're going to have more than 60 creations for you to sample. There'll be entries from individuals, organizations, and area businesses, probably Every type of chili you could ever want to taste—I'm <laughs> guessing you'll be able to find it there. It's so it's free to go to this, but then each vendor sets their own price for samples. So they wrote on their website to make sure to bring cash. There will be ATMs there, but bring cash. Make mm-hmm. it a little bit easier once you're there. And this is all happening Friday and Saturday in downtown in downtown
0: Belleville, near the Veterans Memorial
2: Fountain along Main Street.
0: If you have yet to experience an Oktoberfest this season, Friday and Saturday it's happening at Soulard Market. They'll have two days of food, drinks, live music, and entertainment. This year's event will actually feature an open-air plaza, plus a wine garden and two stages, so lot going on in Soulard there. It's not just a Mardi Gras town, folks. It's free to enter there as well. Uh, there are VIP experiences that you can buy for the 21 and up crowd. But if you just want to bop in uh, on set Friday or Saturday, it's also just free to stop by. And then on Saturday,
2: Brew in the Lewis is coming back to Francis Park in South City. So this is a one-stop tasting event put on by Sauce Magazine showcasing St. Louis's best beer, wine, spirits, and food. You're going to need a wristband for this one. They're $40 in advance, $50 day of, and that gets you unlimited tastings and a commemorative glass. Best part
0: about this is some of the proceeds
2: will benefit Lutheran schools in the St. Louis area.
0: If you're just hanging out there, then that's, that, that wristband pays for itself mm-hmm. relatively quickly. Uh, fall Harvest Festival is also happening on Saturday at Bramelsick Park in St. Charles County. This one's more family-friendly. They'll have old-timey music, crafts, fall activities. Like, you can press your own sorghum and make molasses. Mm. Have you ever done that before? No. Well, here you go. Here's your opportunity. They'll also have a corn maze. Not spooky for you, worry. sorry. Okay. But it is a- corn maze to go through and pumpkins and produce for sale uh all the fall things are happening and this one is happening saturday in st charles county and if you need another one head to fall
2: fest on the farm at marcoot jersey creamery this is happening saturday free event obviously very family friendly because it's happening on a family farm you can walk around the pasture to see the farm animals play games and best of all enjoyed some grilled cheese and fried mm. cheese curds sounds amazing And if you're looking for something on Sunday, there's the Harvest Festival in Tower Grove Park. It's a free annual event. There will be dozens of local restaurants, breweries, wineries, farmers, and artisans all there going from 11 to 5.
0: That one sounds lovely. Oh, and we also want to mention that it's Pumpkin Land up at Tice Farm in North County. So that's another one we want to shout out. You'll be hearing a little bit more from them next week. That's a teaser. <laughs> all weekend is all we have some ongoing events as well. So there's the Halloween drive through at Grant's Farm. That's the one where you hop in your car and you drive through it with the different spooks and sights. Don't forget your reservations for that one. And Saturday and Sunday fall festivals also at Grants Farm with that fun zone play area for the kids. You got your hay rides, pumpkin picking. All sorts of good stuff for everybody. And then Saturday and Sunday at the Zoo, Zootoberfest
2: is continuing. It's their last weekend for this family-friendly version of Oktoberfest. You'll have um, German-inspired food, drinks, beer, and root beer for the little ones. And this is free to get in, but you still need those timed reservations for the zoo.
0: I picked up pumpkins. Remember how I said I was going to wait until October, mm-hmm. the first weekend of October to put the pumpkins out? The pumpkins are out. I just got to nice. figure out, like, how to carve them or paint them or decorate them. Hmm. Have you thought about your Halloween costume yet? No, not yet. Well, you've gotta got to get going on I know.
2: I'm, I'm the person who it's like, two days before Halloween. I'm like, what am I going to do? Send us
0: your costume ideas for Dory. <laughs> Ooh la, 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 la. la, la. la, la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a 5 in Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Omos. Please be sure you are subscribed to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and a review as well. We want to hear from you all on our Instagram. We're at Abby Eat St. Louis. I'm serious. I want to know what people think you should be for Halloween, Dory. Okay. I'm I would ready. love to get that in our DMs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, keep it keep it friendly, people. <laughs> and seize the plate. <laughs> I don't even wanna know. <laughs> It'll just be like a pumpkin. You think more think more highly of our listeners, Dory. <laughs>